0: And younger me would not have gotten off our couch unless there was also a workshop being taught. I wanted the gyms. I wanted, I wanted the knowledge, I wanted the education. That's what I would have wanted. So I've decided I'm doing it. And in the workshop is going to be the six writing gyms that took me And lips, take a sip, privacy on the door, I'ma make this shit rip. Hello and welcome to another episode of Glamorous Trash Talk, where I take a tangent and put out a shorter episode to discuss something besides celebrity memoirs that I also consider glamorous trash. Now, if you were looking for your normal book recap episode, just click a different one. I believe we just dropped up a Madison Beer episode. Before that, a Kathy Lee Gifford. So there's so many to choose from. But right now, this is Glamorous Trash Talk. Now, why is it called Glamorous Trash? Well... Glamorous Trash just really encapsulates who I am, where I come from, and also my taste. Glamorous Trash is getting an invite from your bestie to go see the Barbie movie in a giant group of women who all dress like Barbie or Ken. And when you go to your closet to find an outfit, you discover that you already own a dress that looks exactly like Barbie's black evening wear gown that Margot Robbie also wore to the premiere. Only your version of the dress is see-through. And yes, I did wear it. And there's a video of this look and the night we had. It was truly the pick-me-up of the summer to go with a bunch of Barbies and Kins to go see a movie in theater. Um, And that video is on my Instagram and TikTok at Chelsea DeVantes, which reminds me, I'm your host, Chelsea DeVantes. And in today's episode, we are discussing the movie Barbie and how female stories get told. Now, today's recording was originally an episode that we had scheduled where I was going to go through write-ins from cookies about their weddings and birthdays and events, and me and a special guest were going to think tank their events and give extraordinary out-of-the-box ideas. That episode is still coming where we're going to, like, fuck up some events and elevate them, but... Once I posted that Barbie video, the DMs began and never stopped, and I realized we must discuss this movie, because I both loved it, and I was kind of irked by it, and I couldn't stop thinking about not only Barbie, but how female stories get told. This episode is filled with details about the movie, so go see it first if you don't want spoilers, or listen and then go see it and use this discussion as food for thought. Some important setup for our conversation... Barbie was directed by Greta Gerwig and written by Greta. She did Lady Bird and Little Women. It was also co-written by her partner, Noah Bombeck. He did Squid and the Whale, Greenberg. They also collaborate frequently, like on one of my favorite movies, Frances Ha. Barbie's weekend opening was $155 million. Impactful both as the highest grossing movie from a female director ever of all time and quantifiable cash money letting people know we want more movies by and for women. And also people went to see it in theaters, bringing back the in-person cinema experience that many people thought was gone and dead from pandemic from the economy. It's why movie theaters made that uh, that Nicole Kidman trailer where she, you know, she kind of like sweeps through the theater and she says somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Our heroes feel like the best part of us and stories feel perfect and powerful because here they are. And when that ad played in the theater I was in, everyone in the theater knew Nicole's monologue word for word, yelled it at the screen like it was Rocky Horror Picture Show. Now, I must say the following statement explicitly. This movie existing is a gift. Like, to have a movie I want to discuss passionately with my friends, the way I've watched my husband argue about Marvel movies, is like, this is the win. And yes, I was irked by some things, but what a gift to even have something to be irked about because I actually care about it. And it is very gendered because Barbie was marketed to girls and anyone with feminine leanings or energy It was indoctrinated into us. And so now to give us the movie of it feels so fulfilling. So no matter what I say or what is said in this conversation, what Greta Gerwig, the director and writer, pulled off was a masterpiece the movie's plot points are about feminism and patriarchy and not in a subtle way those words are said out loud multiple times they are central to the plot of the movie the fact that she got them in at all and told this story is shocking not because movies and people aren't ready for it but movies at this budget over 100 million with a giant toy brand and a movie that is made for adults and children and has to play globally internationally to include a plot that is considered political in any way is incredible and hopefully opens the door for more. So later in this episode, when I have qualms with the feminism in this movie, it kind of doesn't matter because what she pulled off was wild. And to prove that she pulled it off, I'm going to use anecdotal evidence. I, I, you know, I don't have the data yet, you guys, but I'm going to play you an anecdotal piece of evidence, a TikTok that my friend Ashley sent to me. Important to this clip of the TikTok is that this woman goes by conservative mom. Like she is, her whole account and content is a conservative mom talks about conservative things. And so this was her takeaway from the patriarchy theme of the movie.
1: But it also was beneficial because it talked about, like, the plight
0: of women, how hard it is sometimes to be a woman. But it showed the benefit of having both men and women in a society. Society should not be dominated by one gender or another, and one gender is not better than the other. Each gender has something to offer, and that's what makes the world go round. Okay, so the fact that this was her takeaway was is pretty magnificent. The other thing is that visually, granularly, in the details of this movie, it's a visual masterpiece. And I'm gonna play another excerpt from a Letterbox video and TikTok that my friend Sierra sent me. It's Greta going through all the movies, created her visual references in this film. So uh, I'll post these TikToks to the Patreon so you can see them, But but listen to how she created this film.
1: An American in Paris. The opening, he lives in the tiny apartment and go through his morning routine. Singing in the Rain. Which is my favorite movie. Red Shoes. Authentic artificiality. It's really heightened. Matter of life and death. That vanishing perspective. All that jazz. Do you guys ever think about dying? Think I'm gonna die. Oklahoma. The dream ballet
0: in Oklahoma. There's so much more to that video that we didn't even play. As you may know, I am a writer and a filmmaker, which sounds vague, and I don't often talk about the details of my job on this podcast because it feels gauche, but uh, making TV and film is my day job when we're not on strike, and I'm bringing it up here because it heavily influenced my viewing. I prepared myself for this screening. There's something, there's a feeling I get, and I'm sure many other people get, that when a piece of art is so good it is fucking painful that it's not yours. And I had that feeling when the movie Bridesmaids first came out with uh, the TV show Fleabag, with the TV show I May Destroy You. And so I prepared myself to have that feeling. And being on strike, that means I like necessarily and and purposefully can't work right now. And so my reaction to the Barbie movie might be the reaction of an out of work loser who's just like dying to be making female stories right now. And so I that's the baggage I went into this movie with. And I, I wasn't sobbing when I saw the movie and many women around me were. So the first screening, obviously I was lit the fuck up. I had so many Cosmos (laughs) and like, and then just like a double vodka soda. So I went back two days later, sober to see like Was I only irked because it was like martini-powered being irked, or was I truly irked? And when sober, I had the same feeling of loving the movie, but also being really irked by it. And I think the things that irked me will make great discussion points on how we tell female stories in general. So listen to this episode as a way to enjoy Barbie more, and also dissect and think about how we tell female stories as a whole, and what we are demanding for female-led art My two guests for this conversation also have very different opinions than me about this movie, so I can't wait to dive in. First is Lisa Traeger. You know her from the Kirstie Alley episode on this (laughs) podcast. She is hands down one of the funniest stand-up comedians of all time. I begged her to come to our live show, and she did. She also hosts the podcast, That's Messed Up. Hi, Lisa. Hello. Thrilled to be here. I
2: loved your live show and it got me into a Reba McIntyre moment after um, that drag queen that I saw.
0: Yeah, Kat Sass doing, oh my God. So she did this song, Fancy, which I have declared this podcast theme song. And yeah, it brought me back to Reba too. Um, also, Lisa is the guest who is coming back for our wedding planning episode. And Molly is one of the weddings we are weighing in on. Oh and my Molly, God. Oh isn't that God. so exciting? What a nightmare. <laughs> Which is exactly why Lisa and I are going to hop on a podcast and talk about your wedding. So my other guest is Molly McGlynn. You know her from the Shania Twain episode on this podcast. We met when she directed an episode of television that I wrote. And uh, she directed so many more episodes of that TV show. Her latest film is coming to theaters soon because Molly is a director. And directors are not on strike. So Molly is allowed to plug her film here now. Will Will you tell everyone just a little bit about your film?
1: Uh, My film is called Bloody Hell. It premiered at South By in March. It's my reproductive emotional horror story based on a reproductive condition that I was born with, and it stars Maddie Ziegler. I'm so excited to see it. So, okay, so let's begin this conversation. Here's
0: here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you guys just my overall take, and then I want to hear from each of you your overall take, and then we're going to go point by point. So- um, Molly and I actually saw the movie together. Um, and cute. yeah, very cute. We were dressed well, up. We were in all pink. So not to cut in right away, but Please. I
2: wore full pink dress hearts, like purple clear bag, purple, uh, pink sneakers. I was in, I walk in and there's a person, like, I just got a text being like, a bunch of us are coming. Do you want to go? So I didn't know who was going to be there. Yeah. I yeah. walk in. the first person I see is not dressed up, but they look at me and go oh, wow, you really dressed up. Ew. And I go. Full name. (laughs) I go, yeah. And then she goes, I didn't. I go, I could see. And then she goes, well, I guess I didn't get the memo. And I was like. No, what memo? And then it's been so fun on social media seeing everyone in pink. People's yes. mothers, grandmothers. Like, everyone got the memo, bitch, but you. Yeah, um,
0: she just, like, she, wasn't on social media and didn't watch cool. the news and didn't talk to a friend. Well, I think
2: the joke is she's so self-centered and self-absorbed, and this was just such a beautiful example of, like, you didn't get the memo that we're wearing pink? I, it's it's she the Barbie movie, did not movie understand bitch. the assignment. <laughs> No. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I loved your social media coverage because your crew went hard.
0: We went hard. OK, well, so here's the thing that I felt. Um, I did. Ha- I, ha- I did have a great time when I saw it. Um, then I went back again. My overall thought when I left the movie was that it felt like 2012 feminism to me. And by 2012 feminism, I mean feminism that makes a lot of noise, like Futures Female T-shirts. Like I'm a feminist. T-shirt sold at Forever 21, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, two for one, you know, hosting an award show instead of a man, but it but with no meaningful action. So it's like in that year, Hillary had already lost. She was going to lose again with the I'm with her slogan. I mean, she won the popular vote, lost the Electoral College. Trump becomes president. Like we have this huge Me Too movement, but like no one really goes to jail and like your pervert boss just like gets a promotion. So I sort of felt like, oh, it's feminism 101, um, but also not because the conclusions that they drew from the feminist plot pivoted to like self introspection as like sort of the conclusion to their like feminist plot. But whatever, fuck that, because the most important thing that I was upset about, it was that in a movie called Barbie that was about feminism with literally 30 leading female Barbie roles, the men were the funniest part. Ken got the best jokes, had the most fun, he had the standout performances. Simulu and Ryan Gosling are like they had a revelation. The Ken had, had a two-part song. song! And a dance number. Barbie didn't sing. Barbie had jokes. She didn't have the jokes that Ken had. And so to me, that is like the true crime of this movie. But um uh Molly, let me hear your thoughts and then Lisa, I wanna hear your thoughts. Just overall take.
1: That was really interesting to hear your take on that, and I'm definitely gonna um, marinate on some of that. I loved it. I felt like it was an assault on my senses and, um, I left feeling overwhelmed by it. I need to see it again. Chelsea, I think you saw it twice. I did. I had to
0: go sober to the second one. I was like, wait, maybe the cosmos like messed up my brain. I have to go back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am still processing it to be honest. Um, I hear your points. To do this movie, I think, was an exceptionally difficult task for Greta Gerwig. Um, I think what she pulled off and her ability to thread the needle with her tone, her extremely um, deep understanding of cinematic language and history, threading that needle through, you know, the broader capitalistic Mattel pop culture girl boss feminism that was mm-hmm. required of her in order to make this film, I think she succeeded. There were moments where I felt her voice getting lost in it. For instance, you know, the the music spotting, it was just wall-to-wall music, and there's scenes that are so indicative of Gerwig's work. The uh, scene in particular that stands out to me is um, the mom and daughter in the car, and it's sort of that Gerwig scene. And it's like, I think a Dua Lipa song was playing under it. And I was just like, I just wanted that breathing room. Um, And that's what I craved from it a little bit more. I understand people's critique of it. However, I think that this film has affected people in a very significant way. I'm grateful that it exists because, you know, we have an understanding of feminism that maybe some women don't yet. And I hope they come to it. Maybe this is a a jumping off point. I think that's true. Yeah. And I also have to say, like, I'm still trying to untangle my relationship to the film, this film with the film I made, and that's coming out. Before I got on the Zoom, my producer called, and I think she was a little bit anxious to... Here, if I had seen it yet. She had just seen it last night. Um, there are a lot of similarities. The condition I was born with MRKH syndrome, uh, is, you know, it happens to about one in 5,000 births. Some say it's on the intersex spectrum. Some do not consider it as such. I was born without a uterus, no cervix, and my vagina was underdeveloped. So essentially I had to make one in order to have sex. I- like died her one of the first things she says when she goes to the real the real world barbie goes to the construction workers and just says i don't have a vagina that is the plot of my movie and the end beat where she goes to the gynecologist as her first entry point into womanhood quote unquote is about genitals and reproduction essentially um further to that i also used Uh, Barbie Girl multiple times in the film, including over my end credits, because uh, it was very publicly announced that Gerwig was not using it in Barbie Girl. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) She used a remix of it. (laughs) Yeah. So well, there was
2: an outcry. We
0: were pissed. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We wanted the song.
1: (laughs) So interestingly enough, um, Mattel had sued Aqua when the song came out. um, But Aqua one, because they were protected under parody laws, but there is this contentious relationship with Mattel and the song, hence why they had that sample. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, there there is a complex personal relationship I have watching this film um, because I very much have been entrenched in my own narrative of the idealized version of femininity and what it means when you do not possess those qualities or in my case, those literal parts. So a lot to unpack there. I feel like I've rambled.
0: No, this is great. I love, I love that overall take. And we have to, we have to come back to that, especially to the gynecologist line and the, I don't have a vagina line, vagina line. Um, and also Molly, I love that your film is in relation with Barbie. It's going to be like building upon it and going deeper and there's can never be enough aqua. Um, okay. Lisa, your overall take, uh, get, on, get on the soapbox, give it to
2: us. So, like I said, I dressed up. Like, I always say, if I don't spend money at your establishment, you're doing something wrong. I want to spend <laughs> money. I want to love stuff. I love pop culture. I'm quite based. Like, I, I bought the floaty for the drink at concessions. <laughs> I was there to love it. And I did not laugh at all. I was just like, my friend next to me was like, I was feeling insecure. You weren't laughing. I was like, and I was like, just seeing all the moves. I just, it wasn't hitting, but I wanted to love it. I love the production. I love the outfits. I love Kate McKinnon. I love the sets. Like there's so much I loved. I loved when Barbie and Ken like first get to the real world, all of those jokes and the flip, like I love America Ferrera so much, but I was confused and disappointed and then i went out to eat with uh two dudes uh, like that were with me and my they were like we loved it and i was like and this was kind of weird and this was weird but i wasn't getting the feedback i wanted so i was like okay i'm probably just being annoying and then once i got on the phone with my best friend julia there was just kind of no stopping us and we were pissed. She hated it and we just talked and we've been talking all week and um, obviously I love anything that brings people together, women making money, the color pink, like let's go. Like I'm into all of it but what in the moment pissed me off was that Ken's boys' night was equal to Barbie's girls' night. Yeah. And this idea that like, Noah Bomback was just all over this bullshit There we didn't need any husbands fucking writing this at all. <laughs> and even in an interview with Greta, she's like, you know, I wanted this to also be for men. Like I want the, and it's like, it's obvious because the messaging is so clear. Like, yeah, it's hard to be a woman. We fucking know. How about you give us a fun Barbie movie? How about that? how about the themes and we have fun instead of trying to prove to men we're worthwhile in this way like who is it for and so the ken part that bothered me was she had to apologize to him when the ken's lives were great yeah they were at the beach no one disrespected them they just weren't centered and then the men like the ken's the moment they had anything, they took the women's jobs, put them in maid outfits, made them give them beers. We're going to change the constitution, started a war and Ken wasn't helpful to Barbie. He ditched her the moment he had power. And yet we're supposed to feel bad for Ken and poor Ken. Like they, they took the country and Barbie land and started a war. And then for him to get to stay in Barbie land with a consciousness and be able to cry and have emotions and like grow and have their own song and stay in a matriarchal, beautiful society to go to the gynecologist.
0: What? You mean that she leaves the matriarchy to go to the gyno? Yeah. What? To go to a, to,
2: to the real world and not to change it. Not like for her to be, and as someone that's child free probably child free never wanted to have children i the montage and the ghost the mom ghost all of that was just so like have a kid and go to the gyno to me it like real like that montage was all just like, oh, the complexities. And it's like the pain of motherhood. I don't know. It just, and it is so heteronormative that I'm shocked that the right wing even has any issues with it. Like, I'm sorry, Black President Barbie had what, six lines? Yeah, yeah. Ken had their own song like it's it's rah-rah feminism where the why aren't the barbies on the adventure together yes why aren't the barbies singing why Uh, is america ferreira and her daughter not coming to the matriarchy and leaving her dumb husband who can't learn spanish on duolingo they have like a teenage daughter you couldn't learn spanish it's been you've been with america forever like it was this thing and my friend brought this up this wasn't me but like i can't like so barbie's just living in a house with America's family and going to the gyno to get stirrups. It's not even pleasure. It's not even fun. It's just like um, moms have to stand still for their daughters to soar. That was like this beautiful moment people are quoting. I'm like, that's sad.
0: That's what I thought. I was like, but don't stand still. Walk with us. This yeah, ghost like- is
2: there. The president's not talking. The bar I don't even know the other Barbie's names, but Simu has like full courses like in verses. I just didn't see like you said, I you said it perfect where it's like 2012, where it's like, um, feminism, girl boss, but in actuality, it was pink and blue, straight as fuck. Go be a mom, go to the patriarchy, don't change and leave the matriarchal amazing world. And Ken. Nothing ever bad happened to Ken, but
1: I mean, okay, great, great points. I just want to pose though, like you know the the matriarchal utopia there it's like the joy is in the complexity of real life But they all got complexity that's the
2: whole point or why don't they like travel back and forth but the whole thing is like can't like she taught everyone how to feel and how to have like these deep feelings but they all got to stay there like she could have had her feelings there. The whole thing is like, go to the real world, get right. a vagina and go yeah, to the guy. Right. She could have had trips. She could yes. have, cause the whole thing was Ken's shit influenced Mattel. Right. This yes. is what my friend Julia was saying. Like everything he was doing was making toys in the real world. So why can't Barbie come to Barbie land with all her new consciousness, change everything and change Mattel and change the world. And like,
0: why is Will, Will Farrell the boss? Did America Ferreira, is she still a secretary? Yeah, but I do love that they've made fun of the Mattel Corporation in that way and that it that Mattel isn't really about feminism. It's a bunch of yeah. dudes doing it because they think that's real. But here's yeah. what, here's the thought I had and then I got so stuck on it and I know it makes me a loser to like have a pitch for the movie, but I do. No, Which it's is not that, a loser what, thing. Well, uh, what what if, like same plot points, like she's like, oh my God, I'm having feelings of death. Weird Barbie's like, you gotta go find the girl who's playing with you because that's what's affecting you. She goes to America and she's like, But Barbie fixed everything, same that they said in the movie. Uh, Why are you so sad? America gets a big joke montage. Here's what it's like to be a woman right now in America, and Barbie, you did this to us, and it's fucking horrible. And then Barbie's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what have we done to women? I'm so fucking depressed. She goes back to Barbie land, tells all the Barbies. She's like, hey, guess what, Black Barbie? Do you know what it's like in the fucking real world? Hello, plus-size Barbie. You arrived in 2016. Now all the Barbies are upset they get the musical they get the montage america comes back to like save them and per the rules like america's whole thing is like she has to like being a woman because it affects barbie so america then has to find the contradictions of like womanhood or whatever whatever because what i want is for midge the barbie who is pregnant to have a line one joke this bitch has been pregnant her whole life i want a whole song from her being like I'm, I've been pregnant for 300 years. <laughs> like, how <laughs> dare you guys? But instead, like, Mitch never talks. Skipper, no lines. Multiple Ken roles. No, you know, and it's all like, Ryan Gosling's getting Oscar buzz. Oh,
2: <laughs> yes. Ryan's incredible. Ken enough. Ken enough. It's like, it wasn't about but the board. Of these but we know men are oh, enough.
0: That's oh. never been on the table. <laughs> But it's so tough too, because in the other hand, I hold like what it's like to be in the studio system and get studio notes where they probably were like, Hey, the, this, like, It's the whole problem with feminism. You have to convince men of it. You can't just it. I know, but it it was so heavy-handed. Like,
2: the messaging from the beginning to the end with the speech, it was so heavy-handed and literal. And I wish it just came out thematically and with the plot and, like, with fun. Like, I think when Barbie first gets to the real world, like, that is so funny. Like, her being like, wait, oh, my God. he's like, wait, I love it. Like, that moment... But throughout or like running around like a caper and like them trying to put her. I it just I,
0: I think I'm not bothered by the heavy handed of it, except it ends with an apology to Ryan. Because yes. you're saying, if, if the movie's for kids, if the movie's for a global you know, right. audience, fine, be heavy handed. But then like see it through at the end. And I think also I'm sure the studio was like the you have to have a male lead. We can't have 10 Barbies lead the movie. It's going to be Barbie and Ken. We have to, because we think movies always have to always be for men, Uh, but they don't always have to be for women. So the Barbie movie has to be for men. The fact that the dudes you went to dinner with loved the Barbie movie is kind of a win. And if you cast Ryan Gosling, you do have to give him a bunch of stuff to do. So I get it. I'm just mad.
1: (laughs) This is a Mattel, you know, film. And I, I, I just think as I was saying before, I think it's a next to impossible task, um, to even take on this project, you know, like let's see some Barbies. The president doesn't have some... lines.
0: What are we yeah. talking about? Yeah. Like, and I think, crazy. okay, so let's, let's hit a couple like, uh, p- other points I had. So for me, um, we broke the rules. Like when they say like, what are the rules of this world? It's like one of the most annoying notes you can get, but like you know, it's it is it's it's the point of writing. We broke the rules of the real world in that we rewrote Barbie to be on the right side of history in this movie, which she has not been. Like that Barbie, whatever. Then we broke the sci-fi rules inside the movie, and then we use Helen Mirren as VO to patch things. Or people say like, just don't think about it too much. Which listen, I've I've written some patches, but two patches i hated were remember when they say a uh, note to filmmakers don't cast margot robbie to make this <sighs> mm-hmm. point about not feeling good oh enough am or pretty i stupid enough. i liked that part i did laugh <laughs> no no i did like everyone that part laughed. i didn't like it because <laughs> you have to make the point with margot robbie's face because it's barbie and with barbie is extreme beauty extreme beauty standard and 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 the beauty standard that ruins other women and and yet her beauty is so beautiful and she can still hate herself is the point of patriarchy. Like no one Mm -hmm. wins. Like we're all made to feel bad by beauty. And even the beauty standard feels bad. And I feel like we ignored, like we never discussed the beauty standard of Barbie and we we erased her boobs. She does not have huge gelatinous boobs in the movie. The way the real Barbie does like, Mm-hmm. We've all they, people have always said with Barbie's proportions, she would fall over. I want her to get to the real world and fucking fall over because her body wasn't made correctly. And instead, everybody have everybody has normal, lovely boobs and not these like giant boobs that they have forced upon us via Barbie.
1: Do you guys know what I'm saying? Totally. I do have one question um, that perhaps is dumb, but <laughs> in terms of the rules, like, you know, the idea that you have to track down the owner of said Barbie who's going through some shit, wouldn't that be every Barbie's owner? Like at, at some point, isn't every person who plays with a Barbie fucking with that? I don't know. There was just like, yeah, how, yeah. how is this the exception, not the rule? Yes. Um, so I, I did wonder about that, but I was like, eh.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where you have to be like, Oh, you know, you just, you just, you ignore it to have fun, which I get, but like, Then they were like, oh, um," the Kens were like, I can't believe Barbie did this to us. And they're like, let's fight Barbie. And they say, no, let's fight each other. And they go, why? And he goes, I don't know. Let's just do it. And it's like, but, but say something about war and men, (laughs) like. Say something about how the patriarchy makes them go to war, and but we just like
1: we skip over a lot of logic points. But I, I do, I, I did, I laughed at the part where. Sorry, I slept for four hours last night. The horses line. No, I like that it one. Was, um, <laughs> I loved that too. The horses line was great. Oh, how Barbies took back uh, the Supreme Court or whatever when the Kens were all in fighting. You know, like I, I think sort of in this post row. America. Like I chuckled at that for sure. I'm in real time hearing everything you have to say. And I um yeah, I, I I'm just sort of holding both things to be true in terms of my opinion on the film. Well, and I think they both can be true. It's a successful
0: film. It's a great film. It and then we get to have a podcast where we point shit out. Yeah. A hundred
2: percent. I'm gonna see it again. I think um another thing I discussed with my bestie was like we were kind of very heavily marketed to love it. So yeah. I wonder if that's, like, an expectation thing, too, where I was just like, oh, because I was... Mm. <laughs> it was, like, everywhere for so long. I was on the edge of my seat. It was just yeah. like... I f- and we get to still love Barbie with or without this movie. Like, you know, like, I I just... Maybe that kind of played a part of it.
0: Well, and also it's like, if you didn't like one of the Avengers, like, okay, well, there's a thousand more. There's a thousand more. If you didn't like the first Thor, there's two other Thors. Like, and if you didn't like Thor, there's Batman. So it's like, that we have Barbie. <laughs> so, and Barbie is supposed to speak to every single one of us. Like, it is an impossible task. Yeah. And, and I, it yeah. is why the expectation is too high.
1: I think also like, um, you know, just as i was mentioning with the box office success and especially her background coming from sort of indie mumblecore film that yeah. does give me excitement of like okay maybe maybe now will will we be able to because to your point like this can't be it like there are more takes to be had here yeah yeah
0: yeah i think it can both be ex- a success and like and have problems and but really like for sure all the problems aside give barbie a song give the barbies a comedic song like that is one of the best pieces of the whole movie i thought
1: yeah yeah they also um letterbox posted an interview with greta on it was like 30 films that she referenced in making this and i was Oh yeah
0: i'm playing it in the intro oh are you yeah yeah yeah
1: um, I was really impressed with her ability to talk about each reference and came across extremely unpretentious. Here's a question for you guys: Did you see?
0: You said you saw Noah Bombac in this movie. Where did you see it, Lisa?
2: Well, when I first even saw his name, I was like livid. Like <laughs> yeah. in the beginning credits, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? I didn't know that he was a part of it. It's like, yeah. are you like why? Why are they doing this together? It like it." I was shocked to see they his very name, much but
1: downplayed that.
2: By the way, oh yeah, I wonder if that was on purpose. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> uh, but um, and I DM'd uh, you this, Chelsea. But did you watch Girls? Yes. Oh yeah. Did you, Molly? Yeah. So the end of Girls, I felt was like a true betrayal. I remember yes. feeling really upset, and it's one of it's crazy, and it's like you know, Girls is all about like friendship, the city following your passions, your art, and like fucking and fun and making mistakes and not being perfect. And then the end scene is, you know, the baby latches on to Lena Dunham's tit. And no one's friends. (laughs) No one is friends. They all hate each other. (laughs) And it's just this breastfeeding, suckling noise. And I remember being like, are you fucking kidding me? And then when I watched, HBO would do like, you know, the extra stuff afterwards, um, the behind the scenes or the interview. And Lena said it was Judd's idea. That was Judd's pitch. Judd's (sighs) pitch was this breastfeeding would be the culmination finale of a show called Girls. And that's how I felt in this, where it was just like this betrayal of like, yes, we are, we can do all these things. Barbie is feminist. We have all these jobs and I'm going to give it all away <laughs> to go yeah. to the guy. Now. <laughs>
1: Okay, and so that wait, I, was
2: the I, Noah. And then the big Noah was just like that the men have to still be victims, that yes. Ken is the victim. And he just needs an, an apology. apology. And what is the biggest crime Barbie did? Just not be obsessed with him.
0: Had like girls' night. She said, not nice. every night has to be girls' night. It's like, but if you want it to be, like, what are you talking about? That's not an affront to Ken that you don't want to. No, but to Noah him. and to men,
2: it is. Isn't it the classic thing? Like men are scared of getting laughed at, women are scared of getting murdered. It's like, yes. Yeah. It's like, They had, the Barbies had to apologize to Ken after he took their homes. They stole their homes, took away their jobs, and they had to apologize to the Kens for hanging out. And my friend brought this up. This wasn't an original thing where it's like, when Ken was hurt, they helped him. They watched him go beach. Everyone is nice to Ken. (laughs) The women give you beer. It's such oh, yeah. Greenberg. No. It's Ben Stiller's. Oh, Greenberg is... Yeah. That's what I, you wrote in the D.I. Like,
0: fuck. I, I just... I will say, though, twerp. I can taste the studio note. I can I can feel it in and I can hear it in my ears of like, well, you know, we're making a lesson about how it can't be the matriarchy and it can't be the patriarchy. Like, both people need... And I, I can feel them saying, like, soften the end. So, whatever. But, yeah, I, I feel like they... They should have it made it good. more That's clear. The whole
2: point. Isn't the that, point that the patriarchy is bad for men and women? Yes. And maybe yes, a matriarchal society would be better for all of us since the Kens were chill. They didn't want to go to school. No one stopped Ken from going to school. Isn't it more fun to beach?
0: Oh yeah. And also, but they <laughs> did I mean? This movie didn't show how patriarchy is bad for men. It it could have, but it didn't. Like exactly, like sending us to war, turning us against each other. Like they didn't explore that at all. Okay, this feels like a good time to take a quick break. Sibling fights are unavoidable. But what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Follow Dis and Tell on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. I started this podcast because I have been obsessed with memoirs my entire life, and I can't believe it, but I got to write my own, and it comes out on June 4th, and you can order it right now. The book, you know, I was asked to describe it, and I said, it is an absolutely harrowing, traumatic memoir but funny. So if that sounds good to you, order it. Let me give you some topics that are in this memoir. A female best friendship breakup. How I got my break into Hollywood. When I found out my dad was not my real dad. The time I dated a magician. Are those last two related? Who's to say? Read the book. Growing up in Utah. Growing up around cults. How I got into therapy. Listen, I could keep going. Each chapter title is a different woman's name in my life. Some are heroes. Some are motherfucking villains, but you know what? A villain and a hero, what are both of those things? A leading role. And we do love women in our leading roles. So pre-order the book. It matters a lot. I linked everywhere that you can buy it in the show notes, but you know, go anywhere. Also... I am reading the audiobook personally. So I'm personally narrating it. So if you like this podcast, get my longest podcast ever. And the audiobook is also available for pre sale everywhere you get audiobooks. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You are the reason I got to write a memoir. So thank you so, so much. Okay, welcome back. Let's continue the conversation. Okay, so here's another question. So let's go to the gynecologist line. I just hate being such
2: a killjoy. I'm like a Debbie Downer bitch. Like I just wish I was like. I hate it. I feel I like I feel like it. Julia Styles in Ten Things I Hate About You. You know.
0: <laughs> okay, Not but
1: she is awesome in that movie. I mean, I I think this is such a valuable take as well. Um, yeah, and the fact that this exists to have this conversation is Is the gift is the gift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I want to ask you guys about the last line. Um, I'm here to see my gynecologist. I didn't get it.
2: I had to turn to my friend. I go, I don't get it. What is this?
0: I I will say I did. I took it as interesting because I took it. I just took it as a joke because she has declared she doesn't have a vagina. And so she thinks it's funny or not funny. She has a dream to go to the gynecologist and she's about to find out it's horrible. So that's how I took it. Lisa, you took it more as like of like mothers stand still so their daughters can continue. Gynecologist, perhaps it's the first step towards.
2: It's that montage. That montage is but very. I will say the montage
0: I think is aging. I went, I watched it the second time, and it's like it is mothers with kids, but it's like young girls, you know, teenagers, twenty-year-olds, older women, and it's it is mothers and daughters. But I I can't I didn't take it specifically as moms and daughters as much as I took it as aging as a woman. I don't know.
1: Can I read? Okay. So I found this this morning. It was a USA Today interview with her. She, uh, Gerwig says, quote, with this film, it was important for me that everything operated On at least two levels, I knew I wanted to end on a mic drop kind of joke, but I also find it very emotional. When I was a teenage girl, I remember growing up and being embarrassed about my body and just feeling ashamed in a way that I couldn't even describe. It felt like everything had to be hidden. And then to see Margot as Barbie with this big old smile on her face saying what she says at the end with such happiness and joy, Gerwig continued, I was like, if I can give girls that feeling of Barbie does it too, that's funny and emotional. I will say hmm. that, like, I struggle with this a little bit. First of all, it's um, maybe not inclusive of intersex maybe. or trans, <laughs> um, you know, female bodies and uh, is very much can affirming this binary look at gender and further to that, I think Barbie at the gynecologist is going to have to construct a vagina and be told that she's (laughs) not able to carry a child. You know, that sort of, there was a take saying that like, um, Barbie is trans. And I was like, I do love that take. Like presumably she may, if she wants to have penetrative sex, will have to undergo Uh, either surgery or using vaginal dilators something that I used uh, as a teenager that many trans women use as well. Um, It it is, you know, falls under the gender uh, confirmation. So I, um, that gynecologist line is, is loaded.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like what you said, Molly, wasn't accounted for. And I think all the dude executives who signed off on it were probably like, huh, huh. "Like it's a full joke," whereas it, like, it fully ties being a woman to gynecology. Absolutely,
1: it's like, yay, we we all do it. This this life sentence of spreading your legs in a public space for people to poke, prod, inspect, test is the universal female experience. In quotes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, rough.
0: That was really well said. Okay, I have another question for you guys, which on one hand, you're like, oh, that's great. But then the entire plot kickoff is that she's afraid to get cellulite. So this is a world, so it's like this, this is what I mean where like the rules don't make sense, where she's like, ew, cellulite, but we're also being inclusive. And these are the things that made me upset in the sense of like, we, we never actually talked about like diversity and inclusion, but- pretended to right Do you know what I and mean there
1: was Barbie in a wheelchair who in the disco dance number did like a cool little spin and, and you're like yay also
2: give her a line <laughs> give her a single line the thing is like it's great and I love pop it pop a wheelie and get the fuck out of here that's where what it was, was <laughs> where was wheelchair <laughs> Barbie yeah, for show
1: yeah because where was she when uh Ken's were putting them in slutty little outfits getting beer where did wheelchair exactly. Barbie go Exactly.
2: Wait, have you seen the memes that are like um, celebrating Barbie's unrealistic? Well, like the American Girl dolls are coming next yeah. with their cankles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like
0: that. <laughs> 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 well, also, there's a, I think I just saw an announcement for a Polly Pocket movie written by Lena Dunham starring Lily Collins. Yeah.
2: Another white. Get, I just, it's, it's also, it's just, it was very white. Lena Dunham's very white. It's very white. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, yeah. Why it's like, I don't get why the conservatives are mad. I'm like, it's truly well, pink I've and blue. Th- no one is gay. Like, I don't understand. Also, like, weird what Barbie. Is up.
0: Weird Barbie. Like, played by Kate McKinnon, who is queer. I sort of thought we oh, were yeah. going to say something about not fitting into, like, long straight hair and per- and and pink makeup and how, like, not everyone wants to be a woman the way Barbie said you have to be a woman.
1: I fucking um, loved Weird we, Barbie. I want her yeah. movie. I love her graphic too. makeup. Um, very avant-garde. There was a yeah. meme that was, like... Um, None of these Barbie scissored. This is not realistic at all. And (laughs) I died laughing and definitely had my Barbie scissor.
0: (laughs) Okay, so here's a question for you guys. Because I actually have seen some conservative content where they're like, we like this movie? Like, oh, we have little things here and here, but like overall, because it is all those things you said, Lisa, like, and also the movie is set to play in like global markets, which means it has to translate internationally. Meanwhile, we talked about a very American patriarchy. So that given that, do you think this movie is a success in that perhaps it's going to reach the people who have rolled their eyes at patriarchy and, and maybe like, it in America's monologue pointing out the contradictions of being a woman may actually make a change. I
2: hope so. Maybe there are people who need the twenty twelve message, who never yeah. got it. Like they grew up in um with their conservative ass parents and they got to go see this movie with their friends and all of a sudden they're like, Wait, hold on. Like, yes, yeah. love love that for all those girls. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was but interesting.
2: I hope they don't apologize to Ken for just no, not wanting to hang out with them.
0: I just felt like Barbie stands for pretty, and we actually didn't discuss pretty. Instead, we discussed, like, Barbie versus Ken, and that's never been what Barbie is. It's never been versus Ken. It's been Barbie fucks the Ken doll that you buy one for your 10 Barbies, and, like, Ken is not a part of our cultural world. Ken doesn't matter to boys the way Barbie does. It's just, like, the movie is between Barbie and women and other Barbies, and instead we made it Barbie versus Ken. It's still centered men. Men still yes. had the most. Mil- lives. Men still got centered in the patriarchy Barbie movie. <laughs>
2: yeah. Like the men are still the center. We have to invite them to girls night. And it's just like, you know, and Greta said in this thing, cause the interviewer took her dad in this interview I watched and the dad cried. And she's like, I love that. Like it's for men. And it's like, there's not one man writer who thinks about that. Like, why can't women just write a thing and not care about a male audience the way men get to do? Oh, and completely. Like it's that, also- is, it still centers them constantly. I was in an elevator once and I've remembered this now for years. And these two women were having, they were they were like, well, we'll invite some men because we don't want it to be like all women. Blah, blah. And I was like, dudes in an elevator and business outfits aren't having this conversation. Yeah, They're yeah. having a dinner at Mastro's and they're having a good time. They're getting strippers. Like they're not trying to include you. So why are we so
0: hell bent on including men in all of our shit? Totally, and it's a its a statistic. I said it on a different podcast. Yasser taught me this, and I don't I'm have the number joint.
2: I'm sorry, Please. I have
0: an addiction. <laughs> um, I love that for this conversation. Um, th- That statistically, men—the main characters in men's dreams—are ninety percent other men, and the main character. Yeah. And the main characters in women's streams are also men, but like men don't, they don't dream about us in their, I mean, we're there. We're we're there. It's just not in the same numbers. And, it also, it, you can see it in the TV world, too, where they're like, oh, well, where's the market for a female-led show? It's like, what the fuck was Golden Girls? What was Designing Women? In eras where women had even less and less exposure to feminism. and and But we can't have multiple of those shows now because why? Yeah. You've made up a statistic that it always has to pull in the male demographic, even though the female demographic is the one that actually has the cash and the numbers and it, to matter. The cash,
1: I, I, baby. Cash money. I can't think of another studio film of this magnitude, however, that is maybe having this discussion about gender identity. And I will give it that. And I think of, I have a bunch of teenage nephews. I think of them seeing this. And yes, while well, what you're saying, the confirm, the reinforcement of the patriarchy, I can fully see that. However, I do think there is an entry point there of things that they would not seek out or expose themselves to without that. And yeah, it's like both things can be true. We both deserve a a, a movie about Barbies fucking shit up and having huge tits and slapstick comedy. Absolutely. But I also (laughs) see that this is an enormous studio film that is putting forth a conversation that I don't think has been presented on this scale. Is it perfect? Absolutely fucking no. But may this spark a whole bunch of fucking yes and films. I think of. And nothing makes me happier than
2: women making money. I was a salon receptionist and I loved... When the girls made their cash.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always love women women making money.
2: I just wish we were able to just not think of the male audience. You know, it's
0: like. Okay. But so here's two things, Molly, to what you said. Absolutely. And if if the Barbie movie actually ends up being a gateway for mostly men to see the patriarchy and change their minds. Now, now I take back everything I said. Now it's a success beyond a success because in my head it's made for women. I'm like, what the fuck? But what if it's like a secret, a secret, uh, sleeper cell for men? And the second thing I'll say is I was talking to my friend, Ashley, the way Lisa was yelling to her best friend. And I was like, you know, turning red Do you guys know the film I'm talking about, Turning Red? Um, Yeah. Okay. I was like, they fully landed the plane. That movie was about periods and emotions and women and motherhood and, like, the messages in that, like, just fully got to be what they were. And it starred a bunch of women. And she goes.
1: Made by a Canadian woman and set in Toronto, I want to say. Yes. And she goes,
0: yeah, it was dumped on streaming, though. I said, well, no, because of pandemic. And she said, no, it was supposed to go to theaters. Then they realized it was an exceptional film about women and periods. Also, perhaps the fact that it was like an Asian film. I don't know like what racism played in it, but they dumped it. And Barbies in theaters have like bringing back audiences. So that kind of set me back and like,
1: you know, I'm
0: asking too much.
1: Yeah, as someone who is in the process of marketing and selling a film about... Uh, a young girl's reproduction and lack thereof, or reproductive capabilities and lack thereof, um, I have had my heart broken a thousand times. I have not ever felt like I fit into womanhood. I have, you know, lied about having my period. I have bought tampons to have them, to give them to people. So I don't need to reveal the truth of who I am, which is a fake. I'm a fake woman in the same way that Barbie is. And for that reason, I see something there that is a great jumping off point um, for people who um, have lived in a body that feels other, you know, I grew up feeling like there was me and there was my body and these two things were not integrated at all. And I think there's an interesting story in the Barbie movie. And to your point, maybe it doesn't fully land that plane. Um, but, but it does fly across the sky. Oh, and perhaps it, fucking that is soars. it is from like just a technical craft directorial oh, yeah. oh, perspective. Yeah fucking crushed it like masterpiece an absolute masterpiece and like i just want to give credit to the fact that previous indie filmmaker uh actor has gotten this opportunity and fucking crushed it both from a commercial and artistic perspective and that is beyond all the content of the film that is meaningful that is meaningful to women in our industry i hope that it's not just you know, cis hetero white women. Um, but I do want to acknowledge that enormous um, feat.
0: And overall, I just want to say, like, it was so fun to have something to talk about passionately and give a fuck about. So yeah, um, thank love- you, Greta. Thank you, Mattel. Thank you. Not thank you, Studios, until you end the strike, but whatever. And thank you guys. Also, yeah, Molly, what a unique
2: perspective. I feel lucky to have yeah, that. No, I do uh, too.
1: Thank you for letting me share. And I uh, so hear both of your points. And like, this is it. This is the beauty of it. You know, both and all things can be true, all experiences. So
0: Molly, I want you to tell people where they can look out for your film and find you and follow you so that this can be marketing for your film.
1: Bloody Hell will be coming out in theaters in the U.S. and Canada soon. Coming soon. I am asking unanswerable questions about womanhood and femininity. And that to me is the point. It is unanswerable. Um, There's a Simone de Beauvoir quote, opening my film, and it says the body is not a thing. It's a situation. Mm. And I think of that often. I hope um, people, you know, had fun watching this movie we all needed a fucking good time. I had a great time. I want to see it again. I I think I missed a lot. I hear the criticism, but let this be an entry point to supporting female filmmakers, even if you don't fucking like it. Buy a ticket.
0: Yes. Buy a ticket. Okay. And Lisa, where can people find you and follow you? And I know you guys are about to go on tour with your podcast. So...
2: Yeah, but I'm kind of inspired by what you said and I want I want to say there's also other cool female movies that, like or Joyride was really funny. I can't yes. wait, you know. Like uh, Theater Camp was funny, The Blackening is Dwayne Perkins. Like there's just like great other movies to give money to this summer.
1: Out of this
0: summer for movies. That's a really yeah.
1: great point because yeah. this this can't be it for all people and there are so many Filmmakers, to your point, Lisa, that are making amazing, great, fucking funny content that has not had the onslaught of marketing that we've experienced with Barbie.
2: I can't think of another movie who's had marketing like Barbie. Can you think of the last movie where it's this big?
1: No, no. there wasn't a reductress post that was like, has Barbie marketing gone too far? Greta Gerwig's in my living room with a crowbar. And <laughs> I loved that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I listened to um, another podcast called The Town uh, where they were interviewing the marketing director for the Barbie campaign. Can you send just, that to me? Absolutely. And I will, you know, I'll post it in the, the podcast notes too. But like, yeah, it was so like how they did it. Like what they were going for, and also what part of it was organic, uh, and was just women on social media being like, yes. <laughs> so,
2: um, yeah. okay, Lisa, drop your handles. So my handle is at glitter cheese. I do stand up on the road. I'll be in. D.C., Sacramento, San Francisco, Burlington, you know, other places, San Diego, Um, and then That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast with my friend Kara Clank, and we're going on the road starting in D.C., like from September to December, so come on out, and listen, it's an SVU slash true crime slash
1: interview podcast. I will be following you i'm very excited i to know have i can't wait to follow you. you i want to see this movie one more shameless plug uh if your mom is dead and you want a podcast i have a podcast called hello my mom is dead um we laugh a lot it's sort of about grief and identity um check it out And you guys, we will also somewhat be back
0: together soon when Lisa and I discuss weddings and events. And Molly, we're going to discuss
1: yours and pitch some hot ideas. It's Barbie themed. I'm wearing a tiara, (laughs) a cupcake gown. It's going to be at a hotel banquet. It'll be amazing. If people don't know me, that is my nightmare. Um, And Lisa and Chelsea hopefully help me figure it out we are there's we
2: nothing are. i love more no there's a lot i'm actually a passionate fun person but i love weddings and i yeah. love four weddings and i love weddings i oh, can't wait
0: it's coming it's coming in hot everyone so come back for that episode Events. okay thank you guys so much and everyone go see barbie go see barbie that is the conclusion get a ticket and go see all the other movies lisa listed because those are phenomenal right bye, bye. I am recording this outro on my iPhone because I'm in Chicago for our live show. But I had something I really wanted to add to the outro, which is that perhaps you listen to the Barbie episode and you agree or you disagree or you have a new thought or new information. And we've been given this new feature on my Patreon called Lounges. And it's a it's a chat group where anyone can chat. It's like a huge text thread for cookies. It has some organization in it. But... If you have Barbie thoughts, I want to hear them all there. This is where I'm building the community. I've been chatting all weekend with people. The tea is piping hot. You have to be a Patreon member to join the chat. You can join Patreon for just a dollar a month. There's a $5 option. You get different things per your tiers or whatever. And then you have to download the app on your phone. And then you have access to the chat. If you are already a Patreon member, you already have chat access. Just download the Patreon app. And I will see you guys there for more barbie discourse and a huge shout out to kate downey and jaron padre and as always our our sound engineer dj bouncy house see you on the chat